Thanks to Calm, the number one mental wellness app for supporting another mother runner. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Calm is offering you an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Run and sip in Napa Valley this summer. The inaugural Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler happens July 16 and features a post-race wine celebration like no other. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. You can trust Indeed as a hiring partner because they want the same thing you do, finding quality candidates. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash AMR. Offer valid through March 31st. Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. Yeah. Coming to you from Hilton Head Island. I know. I was going to say Denver because that's how I like the D&D alliteration, but mm-hmm. I'm coming from... Your Dungeons from... and Dragons. <laughs> exactly. And I'm coming here from Hilton Head. So, yeah. Sarah, how... I mean, did you hit the beach today? Did not, have, but we hit a pool. We had fun. Timothy, <laughs> you... <laughs> you and I swam with our first two guests. I know, I know. Coach well, so what, and Coach Liz. Yeah, what do you want to say about this swimming <laughs> session? <laughs> that it was incredibly intimidating for me. <laughs> so it was, uh, it's a beautiful pool. It's outdoors. It's outside. It's a rec center. And it was crowded. And so, um, you know, as if you're a lap swimmer, you know, it's you can be a little tense until you make sure you get your lane so you can get your workout in. And so I was swimming with a guy and he left and I was like, you guys, come on over, come on over. Because we were, we were in the lanes that were going to be taken over soon by water aerobics. There was a very mm. popular water aerobics class coming. Super in. popular. Oh my goodness. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, so I got then Dimity and Coach Liz and Coach Jen to come on in and Coach Jen immediately takes charge and is like, okay, we're going to do this. And it had been established beforehand that um, I think it was Liz who said, I don't um, make friends while swimming. No, she doesn't. She doesn't. We say, I don't swim social. I'm not a socialist swimmer. And I appreciate that because that's not what I go to the pool to do. I don't go around to, to chit chat. Yeah. So anyway, we're, so not, I, we're not hanging on the laying lines. Yeah, and, but the, you know, but they are athletes who win overall triathlons or in their age group. And I'm putting you in that category too, because not, not today. I wasn't win any age group awards. I can tell you that. So anyway, so yeah, so there was uh, some fifties that were done. Well, yeah. So basically, I mean, these guys should say it because they're going to be our guests soon, Jen and Liz, but they come to the uh, lane with an idea in mind, right? You just don't swim. You have a workout, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, from the very top, we're doing 3,000 meters or yards, I guess, yards uh, in one hour and basically breaking it up by 50, 500s, 500s. And, um, and every time I came up for air, <laughs> I was like, ah, they're like, okay, now do this, do this, do this. And um, I mean, it was really fun actually, because it's like, uh, it was fun to have someone else set the workout. It was fun to be with other people in my lane and it was fun to, um, you know, hang with them for 25 before they started pulling away. <laughs> um, and to feel like part of something in a and pool. Like because because absolutely. swimming can be a little uh, isolating. Oh, absolutely. Like running yeah, and, and mothering. mothering. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, sounds familiar. I think we've used that line before. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so you all graciously let me uh, tag along and be in the back. And occasionally I'd have to 
to try to minimize myself and stay in a corner so I didn't get in Ural's way. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really fun. I mean, for me to be able to swim these, with these two who kind of oversaw my swimming last summer and then just to, because I, I look up to Jen and Liz as a swimmer, especially Liz and a swimmer now that I know you don't, don't do flip turns. She like... She's like, you touch and go, Dimity. You just touch, touch and go. go. See, but I thought they were talking to me when they said that. Because I thought, that, like, d- that's how you can sort of not get totally run over by us. Just touch and go. Like, don't dither around at the... at the. I dither. I dither. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm holding onto the tile. I'm flipping my legs around. And now I'm going. <laughs> yeah, so it was very fun. And I mean, to be swimming outside in Oh, it was February, really nice. It was yes. really nice. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... All right. Well, um, people listening on uh, on a podcast app might have heard there's just some tittering and laughing here because we are in front of a live audience at our Hilton Head Island retreat. So make some noise, people. <laughs> I told you the cue would be obvious. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we, uh, we've alluded to it. We have um, three guests. They're all coaches in our Train Like a Mother Club. Coach Jen, Liz, and Christy Scott. So we're going to be talking about motivation and mojo and how to find it and whether it's a real thing. How to keep it. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. So uh, w- coaches Jen and Liz will join us immediately after this break. Stay with us. This summer, take flight with your running shoes to Napa Valley. We're thrilled to announce the launch of a new summer race in wine country, the Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler, organized by the nonprofit Napa Valley Marathon and Half Marathon. The inaugural race, which starts and finishes at the Silverado Resort and Spa, will be held on July 16, 2022. It's run along the famed Silverado Trail, which is now a paved road, flanked on either side by rolling hills resplendent with grapevines and wildflowers. I can almost feel a faint breeze and see the blue sky overhead just talking about it. And you don't just get to look at the fruits of the vineyards. Every race participant gets a commemorative wine glass for unlimited wine tastings at the post-race festival. Half marathon entries also include a bottle of wine from their partner, Revelshine. Cheers! General registration for both the half marathon and the 3.9 miler also includes a wine-themed medallion and a technical tank or t-shirt from Recover Brands made from recycled materials. And you can feel good about your participation. Proceeds from the Wineshine Half Marathon and 3.9 Miler support Napa Firewise and the Napa Valley Farmworker Foundation. Mark your race calendar for July 16 in Napa Valley, California, and register today. Save $15 off registration with code AMR15 at wineshinehalfmarathon.org. That's wineshinehalfmarathon.org with code AMR15 to save $15 off registration. Code AMR15, wineshinehalfmarathon.org. Right now, hiring is challenging. It's time for a hiring partner that can help you rise to the challenge. That's Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. In my mind, Instant Match is a bit like shopping for a wedding dress or selecting the right college for your kid. 
You know the right one is out there, but you wish you could just find it. With Indeed's Instant Match, over 90% of employers get quality candidates as soon as they sponsor their job post, according to Indeed data. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com AMR. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to Indeed.com AMR to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com AMR. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trying something new can be intimidating. Meditation may be something you've been hearing about, but have yet to try it for yourself. Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment you start. Find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or bed, and tune into Calm. We're longtime partners with Calm, the number one mental wellness app to give you the tools that improve the way you feel. Calm offers myriad ways to reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, to improve focus with curated music tracks, and to rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for adults and children. There's even new daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. More than 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds, and you should too. Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthier life. As I've shared before, I start most mornings with a 10-minute guided meditation on Calm called The Daily Trip. Ironically, I especially enjoy The Daily Trip when I'm away from home, particularly near the ocean. Doing The Daily Trip at our Hilton Head Retreat, hearing the crashing waves of the Atlantic Ocean outside my hotel window, set me up for success and fulfillment every day of the retreat. Calm is offering you an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com AMR. Go to calm.com AMR for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com AMR. All right. Well, Coach Liz, you are now a guest uh, instead of a co-host. So welcome, Liz Waterstrott and Coach Jen Harrison. Thanks for joining us. So rather than us say who you are, why don't each of you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? <laughs> turn on the microphone first. Oh, oh there's only one. You need to turn it on. Uh, Liz. Okay. <laughs> I'm Liz Waterstrat. I live outside of Chicago. I have three kids, ages five, seven, and 11. And I've been a, another mother runner coach for maybe four or five years. Uh, this is my fourth retreat. Mm-hmm. And and a little bit about yourself, yeah. But a little bit about yourself as an athlete. Oh, that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I've been racing triathlons since probably 1998, different millennium, and I've done it all: sprint to Ironman, uh, amateur to pro, and I started my own coaching business in 2007. Coach athletes all over the world, and that's how I know Jen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great segue. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Nice. And I'll just say ditto. Um, My name is Coach Jen. I'm from the Chicago suburbs, too. I have twins that are uh, just turned 20, sophomores in college. Mm -hmm. And um, and, um, I have been coaching for, yeah, since I did my first triathlon in college in 93 Mm. with a little help of some alcohol Mm. and some friends. (laughs) I am a sorority and a fraternity. And that was in 90, I don't know, 92 or 93. And so I've done... Probably a couple hundred triathlons since 95, from sprints to Olympic, or sprints to Olympic, sprints to Ironman, with my finale at Ironman Wisconsin last year where I DNF'd and retired from this Ironman. Um, yeah, and I have a coaching business and started coaching in 99, and Elizabeth and I are really good friends and joined our communities, and then we have been with another mother runner for four or five years. 
Yeah. And I'm just um, looking over at Jen's wrist as she's holding the microphone, and she has a strong AF bracelet on, and that pretty much describes her to a T, <laughs> especially after um, seeing guys swim today. So, Coach Jen. Yes. Lay the hammer down here. We're just going to just, we're talking about motivation. What complaint or question do you hear most often from the athletes you coach about motivation? That they don't, that they don't have any. I mean, literally the thing that I hear the most from athletes is that they just, they just, they just feel, lazy is not the right word. They just don't know direction. They don't know where to go. They don't have that in one of our sessions when you take our session, we talk about the North Star. And I'm passionate about having some kind of drive, your why, the driving force, what's the North Star. And I think that a lot of athletes just were lost during COVID. They didn't know where to go. And they, or they found that the running really wasn't, or their sport, triathlon, whatever it is, just wasn't driving them anymore. They just weren't excited about it. So I think getting, without sounding too cliche, getting the joy back to you know what, like really what makes you happy and what makes you content in the sport and, and doing new things, right? So I think just losing their motivation, feeling flat. Is the and I'm complaint. just curious, and um, like you guys obviously have um, a whole roster of private clients as well as the athletes that you train at the Train Like a Mother Club. Like how many people just like truly complain about it? Is it 50%? Is it 20%? Is it 80%? Like what would you say? I would probably say, honestly, it, it's seasonal driven. Seasonal driven. Okay. Seasonal driven. So it's really high at this time of the year. So now it's probably 50-50, uh, maybe 60-40 complaint. I don't mean complaining. No, but, but just mentioning but it, right? Mentioning like bringing it, it up. Yeah. I'm struggling. It's dark. It's gray. And it's all perspective, right? And I, being from Chicago, it's hard because I'm trying to listen to the people in Louisiana who are, <laughs> I'm not picking on Louisiana, just the South or anywhere like that, that are, you know, it's 45 degrees. And I'm like, well, pff, man, we'd be, that's summer. That's summer. <laughs> and actually, I, I was in Tucson for uh, several weeks, and I, I almost had, I love Tucson, love Arizona, so don't send me any private messages about how great it is, because it is great, but it, they're different. It's be different because they're struggling. They won't, they won't work out. The pools are closed. And I'm like, I'm starting to get soft. So I have to keep everything in, pers we all, all of us have to keep things in perspective and really kind of just figure out what kind of drives that, that motivation. So when people complain, it's usually really high in the winter and really low in the summer. So in the summer, nobody complains. It, I mean, they might complain it's hot. Maybe but the people different. in Louisiana do because it's so humid. Correct. Uh -huh. So it, it flips. It flips. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was being sincere. I wasn't being flipped. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So Coach Liz, when I originally emailed you asking the two of you if you would do a podcast about motivation, like if you thought there was enough meat on the bone there, you fired back an email in which you confessed, I really struggle when someone tells me they're not into it or lost their mojo. I haven't seen my mojo since kid number one. So what's the alternative? Waiting for some mystical thing to, or taking control and getting my butt out the door? So I love the honesty right there. <laughs> so elaborate, please. I hear that sometimes. Like I can't, I can't find my mojo. And I just don't think we should let ourselves be controlled by something we can't grab. Like what, what is mojo? And how does it know to find you? And why would you wait around and put everything else on pause while waiting for that thing. And I think it's important to remember that, you know, something I tell my athletes is you don't have to feel good to race well. You just have to get out there and start racing 
and just see what happens. And I think day to day, it's the same thing. You don't have to feel great to just get out the door. And we talked about um, in, our, in our little session today about um, just the habit and having the discipline and letting that be the thing that keeps your momentum going versus something magical like mojo. And I tell people too, give yourself 10 to 20 minutes. If after 10 to 20 minutes, you're still not feeling it, go home. But at least you got out there and you tried. Okay, so um, either one of you guys, you can answer this. Um, what do you say to the athlete? I realize that they're different people and different flavors of, you know, um, Gretchen Rubin, Obligers, you know, right. all those. Uh, what, else, what, is, what else besides Obliger? <laughs> Upholders. Upholder. Yes, yes, yes. Rebel. Okay. All right. And what's the last one? Questioner. Questioner. Okay. Well, so you've got lots of toy, types of athletes. Um, but... What do you tell athletes who, um, who, who come to you and say, you know, I can't, I've lost my mojo. Like you say, obviously go 10, 20 minutes, but I mean, like, like if they struggle, if they continually struggle with it, like what's, what's your response? You know, that's so important because I think one of the things that makes athletes successful is being able to kind of turn off your brain and act a little bit robotic. And I don't mean necessarily not feeling anything, but if myself or Elizabeth, and we talked about this in our group this morning, if any of us, like when the alarm goes off or when we wake up in the morning, if we thought through, oh my gosh, it's negative 17 degrees outside. I have to go outside and run. I don't know what to wear. If I don't do this now, I have a dentist appointment at nine o'clock and then I have to be on the Zoom call at 9.30. If we did that and I thought through the process of everything, I would be frozen in anxiety. And the anxiety for me would make me super stressed and I wouldn't work out, but it's not like that. And the, the thing that makes successful athletes is the consistency, just do, getting out the door. So I really tell my athletes, stop thinking. Stop listening to your watches that tell you that you're tired. It's just a generic <laughs> algorithm. Stop. No more aura rings. Do you guys hear that? No right. more. Just kidding. I'm and kidding. There's, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a need for that and there's nothing wrong with that. But we can't let it drive our core feelings. And I think we've, with the, the advancement of technology, we've gotten away from this core feeling. How do I feel? If I didn't work out every day, I didn't feel good, I wouldn't have had, had success as an athlete all these years. I just don't think. And you have to think when you've got kids. I don't mean from a scheduling standpoint because that has to happen. But how you feel. PMSing, bloated, cramping, all that junk. Oh, I didn't eat enough. I need to eat that. No, just get your butt up, get out the door and do it. And try really hard. Not that everybody in here has to be a morning workout person, but try really hard to do as much as you can, as early as you can, because we all know as the day goes on, the day gets away from us. And we make excuse, and I'm not saying this is negative, but excuse or reasonable reason why we can't run or work out or whatever. So just turn your brain off. Be robotic. Honestly, I don't, we don't even think, Elizabeth and I, you should be in our rooms. It's like military. We go to bed. We sleep. We wake up. Elizabeth's already getting water out of the refrigerator. I'm eating a cliff bar so I can swim or run. We don't even talk about it. We're not talking about the weather. We're not talking about I'm tired. We're not talking about the thousands of texts that we haven't answered or whatever. We just get up and do it. And then we come back and get on with the day. So try to, it's a long answer, we, it's but a, it's I'm a long passionate answer. about it. And I, um, yeah, passionate. Well, and I have, uh, 
condensed it a long time ago just to help you out, Jen. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not giving you a hard time. That was a great no, answer. No, I understand. Um, but, it, but one of the things that I, I mean, we were, we were um, uh, summarizing uh, Run Like a Mother for Shape Magazine, like three, three top points. And the top, first one was don't think, just go, right? Don't think, just go. Don't think about the kids, you know, clawing on your knees, wait, asking you, mom, 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 don't go. Don't think about those texts you have to send. Don't think about the boss that says you're not at your job. Don't think about your husband who wishes you'd stay for some more snuggle time. Just go. <laughs> Just go. And, and you're going to come back and feel so much better. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Liz, how about you weigh in? Any other things you would tell people for advice? I would say make sure you know your why. We talked about this earlier today. Know your why and make sure there's joy in whatever you, you choose to do. It, it has to be fun. So if you've lost your motivation, always reconnect to why did I start this in the first place? And why, why is this still important to me? Uh, and then just connect to the, the joy of it and the fun. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's really fun to get outside and just go explore. I mean, the beautiful thing about being a runner or someone who moves is you can travel anywhere. You get outside. I was able to go see the sights this morning, walk on the beach, and, you know, just, just find the joy in those things. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're hoping for some questions from the audience. Yeah. And Dim's going to walk into the audience. Like, like Oprah. <laughs> as soon as I see, as soon as I see, we don't have a car for each of you, but... <laughs> I mean, I have one question, actually, and then um, I'll go to Becca in a second. I'm just curious, though, how that changes with time, right? Because I do feel, or with age, with, with being an athlete, you know, that has been doing this for 20, 25 years, I, um, because sometimes I feel like finding the joy is, for me, harder, right, to be honest with you. Um, and especially when, I, um, when you get limited by venue, right? I mean... I will say right now, like I'm in the basement a ton on my bike. Like I don't get outside, um, which is a lot harder for me. Um, so I'm just curious, like when you have athletes, like if there's, um, I don't know what the question is, but like how do you find some joy in something that you've done a ton and it doesn't quite feel as if you're going to the gym to be in the elliptical if you're injured or you're walking because, but you want to be running, like that kind of thing when you're not doing exactly what you want to be doing. Perspective, first of all, mm -hmm. you know, always saying, okay, how is this helping me? How, how might be, this be part of the journey I'm on or what lesson can I learn here? Uh, also thinking about, well, I can't do these things, but I still can do these things. And anyone who's ever been sick or sidelined knows that sometimes when you have everything taken away, I mean, you, you would kill to just go out for a walk. Sure. So I think it's just helpful to keep it all in perspective. Also, just find ways to inject fun into whatever you're doing. So if you're in the basement in your, on your bike, get all one of the apps, get one of those social apps, gamify it. There's so much available now to entertain us and keep us engaged. And so don't be afraid to rely on one of those things. Uh, get a friend on Discord and, and say, okay, we're going to catch up, uh, you know, or listen to your favorite podcast. So there's all these ways yeah. to kind of spice up the same, the same old, same old, but there's some ways to add spice. 100%. And I would add that, um, listening to music you haven't listened to in a long time. Like all of a sudden, like John Cougar Mellencamp is my new best friend. Like he was one of my um, like first concerts, right? And all of a sudden I'm like singing, you know, I won't sing it. <laughs> Jack and Diane, all right? Save it for karaoke, Dimity. Save okay, it for okay. karaoke. All right, I'm going over to Becca. I'm playing Oprah. Here we go, Becca. What's your question? Okay, so I'm a practicalist. And 
when I get stifled with motivation, it's because of the anxiety of the stuff that has to be done. So I've asked this to many women. What do you give up in order to make room? So what's the trick? Do you plan ahead with the meals? Do you ignore the mess and the laundry? Like there's got to be something everybody's giving up and saying, forget it. I'm going to focus on this instead of that. Yes. And that's, and that's part of the challenge with, with doing what we do. Something has to give. And for me personally, it was always a social life. It was always the, the drinking, the neighborhood, late nights, the um, we're going partying. We're going, you know, like when you have little kids and you guys all, we all go out. So for me, it was a social life. I still absolutely keep a social life because I need it and I want it, but on my terms. Well, and you might have a social life with the athletes that you hang out with, yes, right? Yes. It's just a different, different, different social life. Different we're time of day. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're in bed by 9 6 o'clock. 6 a.m. instead of 6 yeah. p.m. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that I really struggled with when um, I was, uh, when my kids were a little bit younger and stuff like that was the, the drinking side of everything. Um, and even with my husband who enjoys alcohol, and I, I don't necessarily enjoy alcohol that much, but it's such a social part of what we do, and I just had to kind of step away from it in order to get up and feel good the next day. What about you, Liz? I lowered the bar. So, you know, the the mess in my house, while it might mortify my mother when she comes over, I'm like, well, you can clean it up if it really bothers you. Uh, So really, no, I mean, lowering the bar because, you know, my kids are not dressed perfectly. My daughter was still wearing four-year-old underwear, and she's seven. The things like the, the details like that, I'm just not on top of them. There's toys all over the place, and the laundry doesn't always get put away. But one thing I will not lower the bar on is giving myself those 60 minutes every day, because why should I have to give that up to manage all these other details. You can mm-hmm. outsource some of the details. You can lower the bar on some of the details. You can ask the spouse for support if you have one on some of the details. But I feel like we shouldn't have to give up what we want and need to, to make mm-hmm. those things happen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Well, and amen. And one of the things I would add to that is as I've gotten older and I could afford, you know, what you can afford at 30 and 40 and 50 is 60 is different, right? As soon as I could start affording things in my life, I started out, like she said, like Elizabeth said, outsourcing it. And just whatever I could afford, I would hire. Whether it was a maid, I really want a chef, but I can't afford it. But a maid, babysitters, nannies, and I just, that's how I decided to spend the, my money, too, is I, that's, that made me happy. Anyone else? I'm Mary from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. And are there exercises or workbooks or a process to figure out your why? Because I can never answer that question. I'll start and you think about the workbook. All right, let me start a little bit while Elizabeth thinks about the more workbook side of it. I ask athletes when they're really struggling, and I talked a little bit about this in our presentation this morning. I always ask athletes, if you this is your last year, what do you need to do in order to end this part of your life happy? Um, and I don't, it, that's not a morbid way to look at it. I just mean if you were going to move on and not run or whatever your passion is. And it really made me think, as I've been racing for 25 years or whatever, how do I keep it fresh? How do I continue to do hundreds of triathlons at, you know, at the level I want to do it at? What, what, what would, if I, this was my last season, what do I need to do in order to kind of end on a high note? And that kind of is my personal North Star is what do I need to do in order to 
age grace, graciously through this process. And, and as I get slower, and you know what, that, that kind of excites me. Like, oh, okay, I really missed, why can't I do the, you know, the national championships or the world championships? That would make me happy, whatever it is. But that's, I ask myself that. So maybe that gives some insight. So I'm trying to think of a book, and there, there is a book, I think it's by Martha Beck, and it's all about finding your North Star. I can't say it's an awesome book or that I highly recommend it, but there are some good exercises in it. But I think Jen hits the nail on the head there with this idea that you need to ask yourself some guiding questions. So what's one thing I would do? If, if I didn't think I would fail, what would I do? If this was my last year in the sport, what would I do? Um, another one I always think of is, what's a really bad idea on paper, but I just can't let it go in my head? What's the one thing in the back of my mind I've said, I really, I, it's a crazy idea. I really want to try that. I really want to do that. And listen to those voices inside of you and those feelings and honor them. And even if you can't do the whole thing, like what's a small step you can take towards that goal? I love that. I just want to add one thing just because I love the idea of having a big goal. I'm all about adventure and putting yourself out there and jumping into the deep end. But I think sometimes um, we attach this idea of my why, like it has to be a big thing. I want to finish first in my age group or I want to run a marathon or I want to go farther than I ever have or whatever it is. And for me, sometimes when I think about it, it's like, I want to feel emotionally balanced. I want to feel like um, I, I, I feel like I'm strong. I want to feel like um, I'm setting a good example for my kids. I want to feel like, I mean, a lot of it comes down to routine and the, um, and the emotional fulfillment I get after a workout, you know, and honestly like that will keep me going until I can't go right until I'm not able to move anymore. So sometimes Mary, I think I, I, I agree that it's hard to name sometimes, but it's nice to have these like big goals along the way, but you know, just like the, the, the consistency, the the repetition, all that stuff feels really good day after day because it keeps me in a really, um, in a good enough place. All right. Well, thank you ladies for joining us. Always great to have you on the show. All right. Our next train like a mother club coach is Christy Scott, who'll talk to us about running certainly, but also motivation for strength training because you are a goddess in my book in that area. (laughs) So uh, thanks for joining us, Christy. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. All right, Christy, so um, give us your, your details, your vitals, please. I'm Christy Scott. Um, my kids are in a different phase. Mine are 21 and 27, so they're a, a bit older. I always tell everybody I started when I was like three, so that's mm-hmm. how long I've been doing this. Um, I started strength training. I was telling my group this morning, and I'll probably tell some of y'all tomorrow, I started strength training my senior year of high school. Just because I was like, this sounds really cool. And no other girls were doing it. You know, back then, taking weight training was not what the other girls wanted to do. So I did it and I loved it. And I have done it consistently ever since then. So for 30 years, 30, 31 years, mm. I have been strength training. Wow. And so it's, it's, a, it's now kind of what we were just talking about, become a habit. It's, mm-hmm. it's something I do. We got mm-hmm. up this morning and we went to the gym and we lifted. And that's because that's what we do. Mm-hmm. And tell us a bit about your running background. I've been running for 21 years. So right after, like a lot of other people, probably I started running after my son was born to lose baby weight mm-hmm. and then just kind of got sucked in and started small and got sucked into crazy people land and <laughs> ultras became really interesting. And, and that's where I'm at now. I am two weeks out tomorrow from my next hundred miler. So that's, wow. that's wow. where we're at now. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, speaking of that ultra, so, uh, 
Coach Chrissy, when I asked you to be on the podcast, um, Dimity had, had, I thought the implication was that you were struggling with motivation. And so I said that to you, and you got this mystified slash horrified look on your face like, who's talking trash about that? Because that is not the case. So, um, yeah. So talk about, you know, how has your motivation and everything been during this training cycle, which is how long, how long have you... Like, uh, I started first of January, so it's not my it's my ninth one. So okay, that's a pretty short training cycle for an ultra. Yeah, yeah. for mm-hmm. most people, it's a little bit longer. Um, mm-hmm. But I once you've done s- several, mm-hmm. and I run fairly long distance most of the year, so it wasn't I didn't have to do a full cycle. But first part of January, I started, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that's my motivation. And like I found a race that spoke to me. It was one of those where I thought, you know, I haven't done a hundred in three years which one do I want to do? I don't want to just pick one to do one. And I was scrolling through and I saw this pop up and I thought, that's it. It's beautiful. It's mm. somewhere I'd love to go. It's gorgeous. I'm going. And I went click. What race? It is the Antelope Canyon 100. Mm. So it's an Antelope Canyon in Page, Arizona. Mm. It's mm-hmm. Breathtaking. We get mm-hmm. to run along and see Horseshoe Bend and Upper Antelope Canyon. Mm. It's, it's phenomenal. But that's what I needed. I needed something to speak to me and it did. And I signed up like in 30 seconds. And I clicked it and went, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Guess I'm doing this. But then you go into, you go into training mode. I'm like, okay, I know now because I've done enough of them. I know what I need to do to be successful. I'm not going just to run and to finish. I'm going to be competitive. So this is what I have to do. And then I shift gears. I was telling Dimity, I treat it almost like a job. I'm like, I clock in, I train, I clock out. Mm. And it's, it's just, I don't even think about it. I get everything out the night before I have, I know exactly what my plan is. Another big key that I like to share with people, I have a coach. Like I know what to do. I've done this. This is my ninth one. I've done this, but I got to a point where I'm like, I don't want to use that brain power. I'd rather use that on my athletes and coach them and let someone else do it for me. Well, and and Jen and Liz, you guys have coaches as well. Oh my gosh. What a difference. What a difference. So, you know, I found someone who they're actually really good friends of mine who know me really well. They know what I can handle. They know how to push me. And I think that's part of it, too, is if you can kind of outsource some of those things, if you're able to, it's made a world of difference for me because I know they put that in my program. I don't want to disappoint them. Like, I don't even think about it. If I would have put it in there, it might be like, do I really need Maybe I can shave a couple miles off. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to disappoint my coaches. They, mm-hmm. That's what they think I should do. And they know that I can handle it because they know me. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. It's a mindset of it's, it's now become my other job, it's, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I love it. I mean, it's so, and what do you hear from the athletes either in train like a mother club or some of your other athletes who are training for ultra marathons, which again can oftentimes have a pretty long training mm-hmm. cycle, um, about waning motivation or, you know, MIA mojo. I mean, it's going to happen, especially in a longer training session. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. You're going to lose motivation, but that's when you have to, like they talked about, Go in and go, why am I doing this? And do you want to be successful at whatever goal is that you've chosen, whether it's a race or just a, a goal that you have? How are you going to get there? So are you willing to put in the work? Why did you ever start in the first place? I mean, you just have to go back and remember why you're doing it. And just like Coach Liz and Jen were saying, it may be you're just going to go out. Okay, I know it says I have to do 10 miles today, which can be daunting. Like, I'm just going to go out and see how I feel. And I tell people that all the time, like, just go out and try it. And if it's not great, turn around and go home. I think we all do that as coaches. And I'm not going to say, I don't care how you fail. <laughs> you finish that run. But nine times out of 10, you're going to finish. You're like, 
this isn't so bad. Okay. Yeah, you not pro athlete who was looking to finish in the middle of the pack. <laughs> Go finish that run. It's, your paycheck depends on it. No, that was a joke. It not, didn't come off very well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the things that um, I wanted to talk about here um, is that, you know, you have a coach giving you the workouts and in the Train Like a Mother Club, you know, you get a PDF of, of a generalized plan, but the workouts are very, very specific. And I really think like going back to swimming with Jen and Liz today, um, like I would have never pushed myself like that in the pool by myself, right? I mean, even if I had the workout written in front of me, you were like, okay, let's do let's do 50s on the 40. And I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, what does that look like? And I, and I, you know, and I didn't really do it, but I tried, right? And I tried. And if I was at my home by myself in my own little pool, I would have just been like, oh, 50s on the 50 is fine, right? And so having um, two things, having um, a workout set for you, I think sometimes we say like, okay, just go out and see what it feels like after 20 minutes. But if you can put yourself, if you can give yourself like a little structured workout, whether it's like, you know, go faster with every song or give yourself, you know, every 10 minutes, go fast, fast feet for 40 seconds or just... I mean, there's something about having some structure around the workout yes. that I think, can you speak For to sure. that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Otherwise you end up mindlessly. It's what you, a lot of people get in the rut of going out and doing the same route at the same pace every time. And then you're, then why it's not even fun anymore. It's like, I'm just doing it. So if you can, yeah, follow those kind of structured workouts, go see different routes. I mean, I, that's one of the things I do every time I travel, like what a great way to try to see things. Like you go out and you find a different route. And, and now we have all these great, again, talking about technology and all these resources we have, you can find routes everywhere and people you know, are willing to share that. So make it, yeah, yeah. Having that structure is really helpful, but yeah, get out and make sure you're changing things up. And yeah. sometimes just following a program is and it's great. And sometimes you think like, I know when I look at like a harder workout, I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do that. But it actually goes faster mm -hmm. and it's easier because it's like, okay, three five minute intervals or something like that you know and you're like okay i have to get through five minutes and then i have to get through five minutes i have to get through, i don't have to go run five miles at, right. at the end you may have run five miles right right so and no i doubt that any of you have probably ever finished a workout or a run and thought oh, i wish i wouldn't have done that never yeah i mean you're never gonna come back and regret what you just did so you have to remind yourself of that sometimes too well and trail runners are kind of flock runners right mm -hmm. you kind of like go together correct yeah. well is that true? We, sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, it's way more laid back, I can tell you that. It is very social. I mean, if you go and run or an ultra or if you get to just go crew one, that's just fun in itself. We have buffets. Like, <laughs> our aid stations are buffets. You walk up and they're like, do you want a quesadilla? You want some scrambled eggs? Sure. So people hang around and they eat and they, so it's, it's super social. Nice. Um, well, so going back to motivation just for a second, like, I mean, how much do you think it helps to get yourself into a group workout, right? To show up for somebody else. That's, that definitely helps. I have a friend that I have run with every Thursday morning for, I think we're doing it nine years. And oh. I know it's somebody who she's not bailing on me and I'm not bailing on her. I mean, we know that. So it's never even a question. I never, I'm like, before we drove, I, nope, I have to go meet her first and then we're going to start driving here. It's, it's so helpful. And you guys, I'm sure have heard from a lot of other people how important it is who you surround yourself with. So pick your, uh, pick your group wisely because they will bring you up or bring you down to wherever they are. So yeah, make sure you're surrounding yourself with those people who inspire you to do, and they hold you accountable. If you say, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. They say, I don't care. I'll see you in five <laughs> minutes. So that's, I think that's super important. You need important. to surround yourself with Jen Harrison in that yeah. case. Yes. <laughs> 
just kidding you. I'm giving you a hard time, Jen. I adore you. I adore you. On <laughs> the 40, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so strength training. You, you're leading here a, um, a, a session on strength training for runners, but, um, and you are passionate about it. You are very fired up about making sure that women feel strong from top to bottom, um, but not everybody feels about it as passionate about it as you do. So talk about how you work with women who are maybe not as interested in pumping iron, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. Um, most of the time they start coming to me because they don't, well, one, they don't know what to do. They don't love it, but they want to. And they're like, I know this is good for me, right? Okay, so I came to you, so tell me what to do. And it's, you have to, we talked about this in our group today too, when you leave from a strength workout, you're gonna feel like a badass. I, there's no question, your legs may be wobbling, but man, you feel like, oh, God, I'm something. <laughs> and something about lifting heavier, and we talked about how important it is to make sure you're you know, lifting heavier weights and doing something that actually challenges you. It's amazing what that does for your self-esteem. and again, go back to like having a coach, you can hire, hire a trainer that knows what they're doing and who's familiar with runners so that they know kind of what things would be best for you. It makes a world of difference. A lot of the women I work with have come in and they're like, I'm just really scared to go. I don't want to look stupid. I don't want to be over there using a machine and someone say, oh, what is she doing? So if you can find somebody and if, you know, sometimes it's a financial thing, maybe you have a buddy that you can share. A lot of people will do semi-private, so there'll be two or three people tra sharing a trainer. So that's another option too. That has, it makes a world of difference. One of the studios I coach at, we actually do that when people initially come in. Like we'll do the semi-private stuff first, make sure they feel very comfortable in the movements, that they don't get thrown into a group with 18 women going, I don't, I don't know what to do. What are these people? They all know what's going on and I don't. So I think getting that personal help one-on-one -on -one makes a really big difference and it'll make you feel more comfortable and more confident. So with strength training, since it is so important for all of us, I mean, we hammer that home a lot on the podcast. Um, do you think sometimes people just need to suck it up back to Coach Liz's thing? Just suck it up and do it? You know, I say that every day. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, you should. <laughs> and you know, you don't have to go and spend an hour. You're like, oh, I don't have an hour. Have a plan before you walk in there, first of all, whether it be something you made up or you got from a coach. Have a plan when you walk in, get it done and get out. There's no reason you can't get in and out of there in 30 minutes or in your own home. You don't have to even go to a gym. So yeah, you just, just do it. Because again, like your runs, you know you're going to feel better. You know it's going to benefit your running. I've never heard one person say that they could not tell a difference in their running after they started strength training. Every single time they come back, even within three or four weeks, they're like, wow, that run felt kind of different. Like, I felt stronger. That hill wasn't as steep as it used to be. I'm a little <laughs> faster. I mean, it's, it happens so quickly that it's, a, it's, a, it's very rewarding when you start feeling that difference so quickly. So it's get it done. I used to have a rule when I went to, I haven't been to a gym in a while, but, um, but I couldn't check my phone. Because like I put music on and that was it. Because you look around and you see mm -hmm. people like in between their sets, right? And they are like yeah. seven minutes into Instagram and you're like, are you even going to do another move? Because, <laughs> and I'm talking, and that's why I had to make that rule for myself, right? Because I was like, okay, if I'm going to start, because you can get sucked in mm -hmm. so easily, right? Yeah. That's a good rule. Yeah. All right. Questions from the audience. For yeah. We got a hand up right away. <laughs> All right. Introduce yourself. Okay, um, Gertie from Tampa, Florida, and I recently started to break up with running, and I'm now in the gym more age. Um, it's one of the main things. Now what I'm finding is when I'm not working out with my trainer, 
I'm having a harder time um, doing things on my own. So it's kind of like the opposite. Like, like how do you motivate yourself? Like I now feel so dependent on him Mm. that it's kind of like the opposite. It's uh, demotivating me somewhat. So I'm going to put that back on your trainer because my goal, and I tell my athletes this, my goal is that if I go on vacation for a week, I expect you to be in there and feel comfortable doing what you need to do. I, I make sure that I don't want them to be dependent on me. That is not my goal as a trainer. My goal is not to keep these clients because they're dependent on me for 10 years because I want their money. My goal is to make them feel good and comfortable and go to a gym. If they go on vacation in another country, they go, there's a gym down the road. I know what to do because she's told me what I need to do. So I would talk to your trainer and say, hey, can you give me things that I can do on my own and make sure you ask questions like mine ask a lot of questions like why am I doing this exercise what weight do you have me doing here they don't just you know follow along so I would really interact with your trainer more and they should be able to guide you does he give you things to do Gertie (laughs) gotcha I would absolutely talk to the trainer about that because they should they should be able to do that for you they should want to do that for you and again, just going back to my um, go in with an idea of what your workout's going to be. If it's going to be three easy miles, that's fine. Make it three easy miles. But I find a lot of clarity and direction when I go, when I write things down. Like when I write, I do the little 30 minute strength training videos for many happy miles twice a week. Every time I go in there, I have exactly what exercises we're doing written down and for how long. And so like, I, it's like, it's, it's a checklist, right? It's like a grocery list. I'm going through and I'm doing that. And so I'm not looking around wondering what we're going to do next or what, you know, if I have the equipment for that or whatever. So it's, you kind of go on a mission at the gym. I mean, uh, so I'm just, just throwing that out there. Hi, I'm Cynthia from Maryland. I have a question about when is the best time to do strength training if you also have a running workout? And is it better to do it on easy run day or if you've got a hill workout, tempo workout? How do you space those out? Okay, that's a good question. We talked about that this morning in our session about do I run first or do I strength train first or does it matter? And what we talked about is the second activity you do is is going to suffer a little. So whatever your main goal is, so if you're training for a big race, go do your run first so that you can get the most out of your run. And then you can do your strength training. Maybe if you're able to, you can even split them up. Mine are typically split up where I do the run one part of the day and my strength another part of the day, but I also work in a, in gyms. So it's, it's easy for me to do that between clients. I know that's hard if you don't have that, but just know that I would put my priority activity first. Um, we don't take away a rest day to do strength. Your rest day has a purpose and we want to keep those rest days. They're really important. They're just as, important, if not more so than the work. Um, what about uh, easy versus like a day where you might have intervals or tempo or hill repeats strength on those? Doing the strength first. I would, um, or, or doing strength on those days I would, versus an easy could, run day. I would personally, so here's my philosophy on that. <laughs> I've had people think I'm crazy because I've gone and done a hard hill workout and then I've got come back in the gym and done a hard strength workout. And I'm like, yes. And they like, how are you doing both of those in a row? And I'm like, because then tomorrow I can take an easy day and actually make it an easy day. I would rather get all that hard stuff done at once and then give my body that recovery time. Otherwise I'm going to hit it hard on this day with Hills. I'm going to hit it hard the next day with this workout. And when does my body get to recover? So you kind of have to make sure you fit things in so that you are allowing yourself recovery time. So you have to be careful with that. Mine are pretty far. Like if I, I run at 5 a.m. and I typically lift at lunchtime, 
I mean, it just, and it depends, you know, how many days a week you're lifting. We talk about in the session, it's like two to three days a week is, is good for runners. And if you're doing total body, you can hit two or three days a week. But again, it can only take 30 minutes. You don't have to spend an hour doing it. Does that help? Okay. Anybody else? Well, Chrissy, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, if you want to see us instead of just hearing us, uh, please follow us on Instagram. We are at the Mother Runner. Our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon, by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Say it with me. Many happy miles. <laughs> I like it. I like it.